Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, welcome to episode 206. Hello. Thank you to our sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates, and our producers over on Patreon. We have been putting out content now for about two years with a whole back catalog, 205 episodes of interviews with other pet care providers and topical episodes that Colin and I have done. But if there's something that you're dealing with specifically in your pet business and we haven't already addressed it, let us know. We would love to do a topic on it or bring somebody on to address that issue. We also want to thank our producers for giving us great topic ideas and support each and every month. Yeah, Colin just posted module one to his podcasting for pet sitters course. So if you are one of our Patreon members, be sure to listen to that and be on the lookout for new modules coming up. If you would like to be a Patreon member as well, visit PetSitterConfessional.com slash support. Today's topic is on how to bootstrap a new business. And I do think that many of these same principles apply to existing businesses. Because when people get started running their businesses, some of the initial questions that we hear a lot about are things like, how much does it cost me to do this? Or do I really have to spend that much money? Bootstrapping is a process through which you use a minimum options or tools in hand to make your business run. Basically, you're using your sweat equity instead of spending money. So we do this at the beginning of a business because most of the time we're not making any money from the business just yet, and we might not be looking for outside help. And so bootstrapping is more of a minimalistic approach to starting a company, which is characterized by extreme sparseness and simplicity. So it usually refers to the starting of a self-sustaining process that is supposed to proceed without external input. And that's not to say that we are choosing inferior processes here or sacrificing quality. What we are doing is deciding what we are willing to spend our money on versus where we need to save money. And we're also deciding what we will do personally, so sweat equity part of this, versus the hiring out because that will save costs in the beginning. And a really important part of this is that we will be needing to revisit these categories every single year to make sure that we are continuing to spend our money wisely and we're not overspending or possibly underspending for anything that's not actually useful for us or would be more beneficial to us if we did spend the money necessary. At the core of bootstrapping is keeping our costs as low as possible. So since we're focusing on keeping our costs low, we try to avoid taking on any additional debt. Instead, we focus on using the money that the business generates to then go back into funding the business. Again, avoiding avoiding this outside help or outside assistance for financial resources. And this typically means that we say no to many things and we save money for larger purchases. So if you know somebody who's starting off wanting to be a dog walker or somebody who's interested or an 18-year-old that just got out of high school that wants to start walking dogs, this would be a great thing for them to do. Yeah, you do not have to go into loads and loads of debt to start a dog walking or pet sitting business. And I'm sure you know that. Yes. (laughs) But we are very fortunate that it is a service-based industry where we can do that. So when we're thinking about the cost of things, the truth is, is that in 2021, and given all the advancements in technology, it really does not cost as much as you would think to start and run a pet care business. 
Now, we have to be assessing our business expenditures. That That's critical to having a good foundation, especially when we're just starting out, but also on an annual basis for well-established businesses. Something that we've seen recently is costs and prices are constantly going up and changing. We've noticed gas prices going up and then down and then back up again. <laughs> and then food prices were actually up 31% globally in July, which is pretty crazy. I know the past couple times that we've eaten out at restaurants, we've noticed that our bill is a little bit higher, but it's not apparently not just the U.S. It's all over as well. So what we're going to do today is start from what we believe to be the entry for a pet business and possible expenditures, and then look at where we could be spending more money over time as we grow and expand. We are going to be focused focusing on walks and drop-ins based businesses. So if you're looking to start a boarding facility, that is an entirely different conversation than what we'll be focusing on today. And I guess you could also use a lot of these principles and process if you're going to be going into training services as well. So if you've ever wondered about the options for starting and more importantly, saving money for your pet business, this episode is for you. So what is the minimum options for starting a pet care business? Exactly how much money do you need to spend to start? And we're going to be looking at four major categories. We're going to be looking at marketing, supplies and equipment, business fees, and professional expenses. Since you have a pet sitting or dog walking business, I'm sure you already know this, but the money needed to start is insanely minimal. Also remember that when just starting out, we're going to trade sweat equity for spending money. So we want to do what we can ourselves instead of spending a ton of money that we don't have. And remember, this is just to start off. If you have the money to spend and think it's a good idea, spend it. Otherwise, grow with your business and spend money as you are able to keep improving. So the first one is marketing. When you're just starting out, you don't need to spend money on marketing for ads. Well, that was simple. (laughs) I mean, social media's reach is totally free, and it's really where the biggest bang will be for your effort. Are you needing a logo? Well, you can 100% do it yourself in Canva, or you can pay someone on Fiverr to do it. So a starting logo on Fiverr is around $40 if you choose to go that route. You can go cheaper than that, or you can obviously go (laughs) way more expensive than that. But you can use Canva for so much to start with. But if you'd rather not do it yourself and want something more than Fiverr can offer, folks over at Docs Design are really amazing and can do a really inclusive and holistic approach to your logo and brand. Now, you may consider buying a t-shirt and some flyers, though. That could be a very beneficial investment right out the get-go. And even in 2021, we get asked all the time for business cards. Over at Vistaprint, they have a starter pack of 100 of their basic cards for just 17 bucks. So let's say we've decided to build our own logo and buy some business cards to put our logo on. So we spent 20 bucks. What's next? What's the next thing we need to be looking at? Okay, so it's supplies and equipment. Now, you may be tempted to immediately grab all your own gear, but hold off for a bit because you've got to figure out what you like and dislike about the leads, leashes, and harnesses out there. There are thousands of people that make all types of leads, leash, and harnesses. So ultimately, it's going to be what your preference is. So instead of buying everything, one way is to standardize your gear by requiring all new clients use the same stuff. 
That way, the expenses are on their end, not yours. And it's just easier because you already know how to use it. And if you want to grow and expand to add staff, they're going to know exactly how to use it as well. Now, you can, quote, make do with what the client provides as the gear for a while as you decide what you want to do. So you don't have to go out and immediately drop hundreds of dollars on the gear that you may potentially end up hating. Unless they use a prong collar and you are specifically against that, or they use a retractable leash and you are specifically against that, or they have some harness that doesn't fit well or some some sort of gear that you are not okay with. Another category under supplies and equipment is talking about software and client communication. So usually for about 35 bucks a month or less as a solo operator, you can get access to a whole software package. And this is something that you don't have to decide on right away. We know many people who operate their entire business on paper calendars and journals and add everything to maybe a Google calendar on their phone. So one way to start out is to grab a free Google voice number and run all of your client communications through that and schedule with Google Calendar. Well, and that's also great so you don't have to give your personal cell phone number out to clients. Exactly. When it comes to payment processing, PayPal, Square, others like that all have basic fees that are involved with processing credit cards, but you're never going to get away from that. However, if you want to avoid the fees, you can use cash or check as another option. But having those at least as options for booking and payment allows you to have flexibility and growth options as well, because more and more people are looking to be able to book and pay instantly as opposed to leaving cash around. Now, speaking of phones, we've kind of glossed over two very big assumptions, actually, for when starting out. We've kind of assumed that you have a phone or another way of communicating with your client. And then secondly, that you have transportation either in your own vehicle or public transportation. So we're not really factoring those costs into starting up because most people have access to both of those. Or if you're in a really densely populated area, walking is just fine too. (laughs) So what about a website? Do I really need one when just starting out? We see that question an awful lot. So I guess technically no, and you'll find out why in just a little bit. But if you do want one, you can 100% do it yourself. We do. So we go and run all of our websites through Squarespace. It's 12 bucks a month. And you go over and buy a domain with Hover so that you can get the www.bestpetsitterintheworld.com. That domain is going to run you about 14 bucks a year. So you're all in there. You're like 160 bucks a year for your website that you are able to keep up and maintain yourself. Now, if you're ready for more and grow from there, or you don't don't know where to start, get in touch with the people over at Pet Marketing Unleashed or Marketing Solutions, and they can do a lot for you. And speaking of Pet Marketing Unleashed, on August 25th, she is actually launching three brand new website templates that she made customized for pet sitters and dog walkers. It's, it's really cool, actually. If you don't have a website yet, or you just, you don't like yours and you want to revamp it, consider one of her templates. They're awesome. And it's not just the templates. There are courses included to teach you how to properly use the website, how to get the clients that you want to and use the website to its fullest. And if you want to go and check those out and you decide that you like it, uh, use our code PSC10 for 10% off of that purchase. And again, that's only good August 25th through the 31st. And there'll be a link down in the show notes for you to check out. Something else to consider when bootstrapping your business is a mailing list, an email newsletter. You don't have to pay for one. (laughs) Mailchimp is totally free. 
for the free tier anyway, for up to your first 2,000 contacts. And there's obviously limits on customization, etc. But for just starting out, it's awesome. And remember, email is still an amazingly powerful way to connect. Open rates aren't exactly what they were 20 years ago, but they're still awesome. So remember when we said that you don't have to have a website earlier? Google My Business is why. It is free to set up, free to maintain, and it is really game-changing. When you're just starting out, get your Google My Business listing set up and dialed in before you go for a website. We've talked to many SEO experts. They're saying that the tides are starting to change where a Google My Business listing that's well done and optimized for the type of services that you offer will be better for you as far as gaining clients than a website. Now, that's not true in every case. So getting that set up is really one of the best things that you can possibly do, especially for trying to gain more clients immediately. And there are a lot of different services that Google My Business can bring in as well. There's messaging options. There's obviously leaving reviews right on there. and You can post pictures to them. It is a whole architecture built for making your business more public. Well, and basically, Google does the work for you. So you just, it's free, you sign up, and it will, whenever somebody types in dog sitter near me or dog walker near me, your name will pop up. And if you are very active on there and post pictures and do posts on on Google My Business, then they will funnel you to the top. So we've covered marketing costs, supplies, and equipment. So the next one here are business fees. And really, the one that you have to be most concerned about when starting out is your business license. Which can be hard because based on, I mean, your country, but your state, your town, your city, your county, it's it could be all different. So you have to look at each of those. Yeah, many places don't even require you to have one. But it's good to be on the books that if it is required and make sure that everything is kosher there. So... We have to have one, and ours is actually based on the kind of business and the expected revenue. So we pay 25 bucks a year for our business license to operate within the city. So check your Chamber of Commerce to see what they require for you. We have to provide two forms to them, basically stating how much we expect to make and a form declaring the kind of business that we are, being service-based, and so that we won't be having to collect sales tax. So we don't have to be reporting that to them. On top of this, while it's not technically a fee, we should be setting at least 10% aside for our taxes at the end of the year or if you're paying quarterly. So when you do get that payment from the client, taking 10% out and setting that aside so that you can pay your taxes when the time comes. It's not a fee, but it is an expense that many of us totally forget about. Speaking of taxes, do you need a tax accountant for your business when you start? Probably not, actually, but it depends on all of your circumstances. So this is not tax advice or legal advice in any stretch of the imagination. It's just thinking in the simplest context, you really most likely don't need one. Well, and we've been able to do our taxes by ourselves for the past 10 years. I mean, I really should say you have been able to do our taxes (laughs) for the past 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, But that will change as we grow and add staff and become more and more complicated, which is totally fine. Uh, You just can see where you want to be exerting those. And again, that's all about what bootstrapping is, where you want to be spending your time. When operating your business, you really do need to be tracking your expenses and understanding where your money's going. But so instead of paying for something like QuickBooks, which can be way too powerful for most of us, we use waveapps.com. It is 100% free. You link it to your business account and then it will 
categorize all of the transactions through there. And then you can look at reports, profit and loss statements, income statements, and do all these sorts of projections and really cool things. And we did not find this on our own. It actually came from a recommendation from Walt Gavin. So thanks, Walt. (laughs) Yeah. And then also don't forget about insurance. Seriously, depending on your services, the yearly rate will change. If you add staff, obviously it's going to change, but you need insurance. So it is really hard to give an exact number for exactly how much you'll be paying for insurance, depending on if you're doing boarding or pet taxi or all that good stuff. But a basic package for pet care insurance runs around 200 bucks a year. So that's like 16, 17 bucks a month. So up to this point, what have we done? Well, we've bought our, we've bought business cards for 20 bucks. We've also secured our business license for an additional 25, so we're up to 45, and we add that insurance on, so we're sitting at $245 for the year. Next are your professional expenses. So you aren't required to have pet first aid and CPR training, but you really do need it if you don't already have it. It costs around $45. ProPetHero.com is a great place to get it. You can get it online and you don't even have to leave your house. <laughs> you can get 10% off with code CPR PetSitterConfessional. And we're not just saying this because we have a discount code. We have the discount code because we strongly believe it's needed. When it comes to things like professional societies, do you have to join one? No. No, absolutely not. But many do find a lot of benefit in joining a professional society. Yeah, whether it's the Facebook groups that they provide or the webinars or the conferences, a lot of people love them. Yeah. Now, if you don't have that money yet, again, because we are saving up for these kind of expenses, join all of the free and open Facebook groups that you possibly can including this one called Sitter Confessionals. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Join that one. Okay, That's a good one. And start networking with other pet sitters in your area and across the globe. And we'll have links to others in the show notes. Many people also consider trying to take additional trainings when they start out. And I think what you really need to do is assess what you already know and see where you can improve, either with a course, networking, shadowing somebody else, or again, additional experience through exposure. Yeah, always try to learn and grow. Courses, books, podcasts. Hey. I mean, I mean, podcasts are free to listen to, and you can always rent books out from your library, but make sure you use their interlibrary loan if they don't have the book at your specific library. You can usually get it from another library that they're connected with. And that way you're not having to spend hundreds of dollars on books that you may never read or want to just have hanging around. Libraries are amazing. So all in for our pet sitting business, we have spent $290 and this is what we have. We have a logo that we've made for ourselves. We have a way to process payment and communicate with our clients through Square and Google Voice. We've also set up a strong social media presence and have Google My Business to start getting in front of our clients. And we started learning more about running a business through library books and podcasts, and then we're covered with our insurance as well. Now, actually, speaking of insurance, as pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. PetSitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, PetSitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why PetSitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. 
You can get a discount when joining by clicking membership, Pets Are Confessional, and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance, once again, at PetsItLLC.com. We have our business. It's up and running. We spent $290 to get where we are. What would we recommend you do when you start earning money? Where should you invest in your business? Well, going back to bootstrapping, we're constantly looking at the trade-off between our own sweat equity and paying for something. So once your business is actually making money on its own and you're not having to fund it through other resources or taking on additional debt, it's time to see where you should start spending money. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book. You know your strengths and your weaknesses, and the choices we may recommend right now might not be the same ones that you would make. And we'd love to know your thoughts and get your feedbacks on that thought process. So as we said in the beginning, bootstrapping is about trading time for money. Now we are going to be talking about trading money for time. So in our example, we didn't start off with a website, and instead we went with only a Google My Business. We'd spend the $160 a year for a website and domain through Squarespace and build something for ourselves. You could also choose something like Wix and buy, like I mentioned, buy a template through Pet Marketing Unleashed. We'd then go back and reassess our logo that we made in Canva for free. And we make sure that it's still working for us and it's working properly, but it might maybe need an upgrade through a designer. We've done a ton of episodes on what a logo is and how it's different than your brand, but you can also hear Doc's Design talk about it too in episode 191. And then as you grow, we'd strongly recommend a scheduling and an organization software. Time to Pet does sponsor us, but you don't have to use them. You can try out two to three different ones and see which is going to be the best fit for how you operate. They are all different and provide different things. So you want to have a good software that saves you so much time and headache. Plus, it's the first step in really automating things for your clients, like your booking process. So at this point, we've upgraded to a website, grabbed a new logo, and have scheduling software. So we're kind of really rocking it now. And honestly, this is where most businesses are currently, and they thrive for a really, really long time. They may be using free Google Voice, have a website they do themselves, and have automated portion for their business. This is where we can start looking at those professional fees and joining an organization so you can continue to learn and grow and get connected. Think of it as access to continued education for your business. And it is a business expense. Remember that. I think something else that gets handed off at this stage is the accounting and tax stuff. You obviously still need to know your numbers and what things look like, but if your business is still self-sustaining and you're comfortable with what you're able to take home, and especially if you have staff, get an accountant. It's definitely money well spent. Speaking of staff, another big headache that many people have that they want to hand off as they add two, three, four, five staff members is payroll. So whether you go through a service like Gusto or you pay somebody local to handle that for you, again, definitely money well spent. And as you continue to grow and add staff, there are services that you can pay for that will train your staff for you. Again, it all comes down to priorities and what you want. Maybe at this stage is when you decide it's for a total revamp and rebranding so you can blow out your brand and website. Maybe you decide to take that money, invest it in a new business software and different business suite. The choice is yours to do with your money as you wish. So where do we stand at this point? We've built and are maintaining our website. We've paid a designer for our logo. We've opted for the business version of Google Voice that has some perks and additional features. We're using a pet sitting software for all client communications and booking. We're paying for t-shirts and other marketing supplies. 
where don't do paid ads. Organic reach is on social is totally fine. And word of mouth, too. Don't forget that. We're having the clients supply their own gear, and we're still using those amazing Facebook groups for help and ideas. Bootstrapping your business is never the same. If you were even to go back and repeat growing your business the same twice with this process, you would not end up in the exact same place because we're constantly making these judgment calls for what we're valuing at that time and what the business needs in that moment. So how one business bootstraps theirs is not going to work and would not work for somebody else in another place trying to bootstrap theirs. It's all in assessing your goals, your objectives, seeing what money you're earning and what expenses you need to pay for. Right. So this is just our opinion about how one could bootstrap their business. This may not work for you. You may have differing opinions on what you should be spending your money on or not. Things that have worked for you, things that have not worked for you. We would love to know where you have invested in your business. What are your priorities? Where have you not decided to invest in your business? Because you don't think that that is worthwhile for your time or your money. And really what you still enjoy doing that you haven't yet handed off to somebody else or things that you have handed off that you don't like doing. We would love to know all of that. You can let us know at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or on Facebook and Instagram at petsitterconfessional. This week's Ask a Pet Biz Coach segment, Natasha answers the question, how do I be more mindful? Yeah. Being mindful in your routine is making sure you're not waking up to your phone or waking up to your computer or your notifications and letting that direct the date and the rhythm of what's happening from this day on. So I really like this question a lot because I think it happens. We're just like, I always ask clients, like, what do you have going on today? What's your schedule like? And they're like, well, I wake up and I look at notification. Or actually, the first thing they say is, what change? Every day is different. It changes every day. Depends on what my clients are booking. It depends on how busy we are. And I'm like, listen, guys, we want to be mindful that our business is not controlling our rhythms and flows, but more so we are controlling it. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is put my feet to the ground. I plant it. I wake up, I drink eight ounces of water. It is something that I've done and it really actually just dehydrates my body from sleeping for the past eight hours. And it really makes sure that my mind is ready to start. I then go and take my dog out. It is something that I enjoy. My four dogs, we like to pack walk together and we'll go out for at least 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, I just think I don't really have any purpose to it. It's just like, you know what? I just want to release my mind. I want to breathe. I want to smell the air. I want to practice gratitude. I want to put affirmations in the air. It's just the time that I get to kind of zone out. And then at that point, I start to come into my regular routines So the way I like to set my schedule is I do certain things on certain days. And so that makes me become mindful that my business and my schedule is not dictating my life, but I am doing the opposite. So on Mondays and Wednesdays are my growth days. Those are the days that I do marketing, sales, research. I really try to think of ways to work on the business in growth, right? And on Tuesday and Thursday is typically the days that I may do research or I may relax. Those are days that I don't have too much going on, but I have set it and designed it that way. So I'm not waking up based on, oh, I have my first client at 11 or my first client at seven, and that's when I'm going to start. And then I'm going to run around and then I'm going to have this person. So I really try to be mindful of what each day of the week means to me. Friday for me means relaxation and peace just for me, me time. Weekends mean family time. So I'm really strict 
on the way that we're, you know, that we're structuring our day-to-day routine. Because otherwise, if I don't, me not being mindful, I'm going to just be everywhere, nowhere. And that's typically why we have burnout. So I demand my schedule and I stick by it. I also create time blocks. So that's something I'm really mindful about is making sure I'm not overlapping clients, you know, 15 minutes apart. If I were to coach or if I were to walk a dog, if I chose, I make sure clients are at least 40 to an hour apart because now if something happens to my staff, if there's a poop accident, a vomit accident, they're not like, oh my God, I only have 10 minutes to get to the next house. I got a rush, right? I'm mindful of how we structure our business. So I'm also not adding additional stress to our team. And I do that for them. Sometimes they give me tips and they're like, hey, well, I actually can get to this house like in 10 minutes. Why do you have me scheduled 30 or 40 minutes? And I say, listen, because you get to breathe, you get to relax. You can actually go grab a coffee. Look, you're an hourly employee. I put that in the schedule for you so you can love your job the way I do. So we just want to be mindful, intentional about what we're doing. Again, from the moment we start our day to the moment we close out our day, our day and our schedules and our business is not dictating how we flow. I love that word that you said is intentional. It's like we we are the ones that get to give our time purpose and meaning in our days so that it, does, it doesn't just get away from us and we wake up going, what did I do yesterday? What do I do today? It's sitting down and actually going, no, this me. I love how you kind of like define your days by what this day means. You're, you're giving it a purpose because otherwise you're right. If we don't do that, it's, it's, it's not going to mean anything and we're not going to be getting anything done or, or advancing the way we want. It is. That's, I mean, that's the classic of when that to-do list just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because we start adding more things on and then we forget that we didn't even check off the first one. So I usually just give myself one little task. Hey, on Monday, I have to get this ordered. I have to do this shipment. It has to get done today. On Wednesday, if it didn't get done on Monday for any real reason, if I had put myself three or four tasks, most likely probably wouldn't get done. So I'm mindful not to overload myself also on this unrealistic to-do list. And then on Wednesday, I said that Tuesday I was not doing that to-do list. It was only going to be on Monday and Wednesday. So on Wednesday, I will pick it back up. <laughs> so I'm really rigorous when it comes to my routines. It's, it's really helped me keep sanity. Um, and if we're not, everything just starts to go by the wayside. What would they say? It starts to be mumbo jumbo. It all starts to run in one line at, at some point. Natasha not only runs her own very successful dog walking business, but she is a pet business coach as well. And if you would like to work one-on-one with her, you can do so at her website, startscalesale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching. We want to thank our sponsors, PetServs Associates, and our wonderful Patreon supporters for making today's show possible. We also want to thank you for listening. We know that this was a very dense episode with a lot in it, so we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye. I'm <laughs> sorry.